We're in the middle of a series pushing beyond the boundaries of limitations. And I really had a sense last week that uh, usually, as you know, we cover different themes, sorry, uh, per month, and this theme is supposed to be for this month, but given the nature of this theme, I think we're going to go beyond this month. So uh, we won't rush it. Sometimes we rush things and we don't get to fully express, like you comrades say, fully ventilate everything. So we will do that. So we'll move it into the next month and hopefully towards the end of the month, I want to talk about the blessings that override curses. And I will show you that. And, and I'm, I'm very excited about that. We're using Acts chapter 3 as our story of the man at the gate of beautiful. And we discussed at length how this man pushed beyond boundaries. And we said that in this series, we're going to examine the following sub points, the effects of laws or principles. In other words, we want to explore how natural laws and spiritual laws work. Because we learn from nature that there are certain laws when you apply, they push you beyond certain boundaries. Last week we talked at length about the law of aerodynamics that's able to make this very heavy thing called an aeroplane to fly. When all things been equal in the natural, an aeroplane shouldn't fly because it weighs so much. It weighs in tons. But aeroplanes fly in spite of the law of gravity that keeps them grounded. Which means that there's a law that's applied here that supersedes the law of gravity. When an aeroplane flies, it doesn't mean gravity has ceased to be. But that there's a law in motion that has been applied that makes an aeroplane be airborne. We put that side by side with Romans chapter 8 where Paul says the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So there are laws of the spirit that when we apply, they will help us supersede the law of sin and death. You can do what people say cannot be done. You can get where people say you cannot get. But the key to this plane staying airborne is to continue applying the laws. So we talked at length about that and we said there's other laws we want to focus on like the law of faith. How we learn to apply the law of faith and fight the good fight of faith. We, we're also going to talk about right thinking versus thinking thinking. We're learning that thinking can keep you in boundaries. But when you think differently in accordance to the word of God, it will push you beyond boundaries. Then we're going to learn about persistency. That's knowing how every door has adversary. That whatever opportunities are there, you'll always have adversaries, but in spite of adversaries, you will soar. Can I hear an amen? amen. And then we're going to talk about venturing into spirit-led, unfamiliar territory or breaking camp and advance. So we'll go into that. However, last week we talked about these laws and we said that uh, these laws are important. We noted that there are both natural laws and spiritual laws. We noted that when we speak of a law, we are specifically referring 
to these natural laws or spiritual laws, like I said, the natural law of gravity, aerodynamics, the spiritual law of faith or the law of the spirit of life or the law of sowing and reaping that we're going to talk about today. We said in our context, when we refer to laws, we're talking about principles that must be obeyed. These are forces, principles or laws that God put into operation when he created the world. And these laws are there in nature. They are there in the spirit. We said a principle is something that comes first before everything. So these kind of laws, like the law of gravity, was established by God when he created the world. And when you were born into this world, you found gravity here. So if you want gravity to bless you, you better cooperate with gravity. If you try to zing-zong gravity, gravity will zing-zong you. Tell your neighbor, gravity will zing-zong you if you try to zing-zong gravity. We said as well, obeying laws brings blessing. Disobeying laws or principles brings shipwreck. We said that laws or principles, they work even when you are ignorant of them. And they don't discriminate. They work for the righteous and the unrighteous. And they work every time you work them. And this is what I like. When you start applying these laws, for instance, where's my plane? Let's get my plane back. If this plane, this plane can stay parked on the tarmac or stay in a hangar at an airport for many, 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 many years and never fly because the law of gravity has kept it grounded. But the minute you start applying the laws of aerodynamics, that plane will start flying. Here's what I want to say. It means you can learn how to use the laws of the spirit to start certain things happening from your life. No matter how many years your life has been stuck, no matter how long you've been parked on the tarmac of being mediocre, I'm here to tell you that the laws of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have, will break you free and will cause you to soar. Can I hear an amen in the house? That's what I like about laws. And so these laws are very important. So today we want to talk and focus on the law of sowing and reaping. Look at Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. And remember those other translations at the back. I'm going to want to go to those. But I think the New Century Version or whatever one early. But NLT, uh, uh, or you can leave out the Amplified Bible. The others we will read. Here's one in the King James Version. Read with me. What does it, how does it read? It says, while... Okay, that was, that was the first, first try, first, first run. That was very, very... Yeah, yeah, give me the word, give me the word. Yeah. That was what? That was what? That was very what? Yeah, that was dull. That was half-hearted. It's not me. Okay, are you ready now? Are you awake? Let's go. Let's read it together. It says, Wow. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Shall not. Shall not. Shall not. So it means whilst the earth remains, there are things that will not cease. Are you there? There are things that will not cease. These are principles. These are laws. 
These are things that God put in motion. And God says, for as long as you live on this earth, you must just know that these things will not cease. What are those things? Seed time and? So you can say seed time and harvest time. So in other words, for as long as the earth is there, when you plant, when you put seeds in the ground, you're going to harvest. Right? How about whom? This is not difficult. This is easy. Ne? I like your amen. You must teach them to say amen like you. Yeah. Seed time and harvest. And what? For as long as the earth is here, it will be cold. It will be hot. Like today, it's what? You young people, you didn't say hot. You say hot. Yeah, at least you know it. You young people, you don't say because. You say what? Because. All right. So it's cold and heat and what? Summer and winter. We are still in summer. Actually, we are going into autumn. All right. After autumn is what? Winter. All right. After winter is what? Springtime. And then what? Summer again. So that cycle, right? For as long as I've been alive, right? Some of you, it's a very short time. At least we've been here for longer than you. For as long as I've been alive, that law works. Now note, it has got nothing to do with me praying. It's got nothing to do with me being a Christian. It's got nothing to do with anything. It's got something to do with That's just the way it is. That's, that's a law that God has placed in the universe. Am I there? Okay, let's read the other translations. I love the other translations. I don't know. NIV. Oh, okay. Okay. Why did it say NIV? It's fine. Earring. As long as, yeah, earring. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. We'll never, we'll never, as long as the earth is there. So these things, they are timeless principles. These are laws that work all the time. Go to another translation. I don't know now. Message Bible. Earring. I like this one. For as long as the earth lasts, yes? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll never stop. Now, we won't talk about cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, but I want us to talk about planting and harvest. For as long as the earth lasts, planting and harvest will never stop. Now, when we read that verse, most people only think about farming. I can see from your response, that's what you are thinking. However, when you read the Bible, and when you observe life, all of life functions on that principle. All of life. We plant through our words. Words that we speak today, we harvest tomorrow or later on. The Bible teaches us, if you use words carelessly, if you speak negative words over your life, Jesus said, you'll have what you say. But the principle is such that when you plant, you don't reap at the same time. Jesus gave that example in Mark 11 when he saw a fig tree that didn't have fruit on it. The Bible says he cursed it. And it explains how the curse works. 
he didn't say something vulgar. No. What he said was, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. He spoke negative words. He spoke words that were not positive. He spoke words that are causing this thing not to be blessed. And the Bible says, and his disciples heard it. So he was not whispering. He was not thinking aloud. He was saying it. And the Bible says the following day, when they passed by that tree, Peter saw that the fig tree that Jesus spoke to had withered from the root. And gee, Peter was amazed because when Jesus spoke to the tree the day before, evidently there was no visible change. But you see, he had planted words and for as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will come and it will never cease. So what Jesus said the day before, the following day had produced. So we plant through words we plant through thoughts. Ah, you're not hearing what I'm saying yet. We plant through actions, attitudes, decisions. See, people make wrong decisions. They plant the wrong decisions. And then when life doesn't work, by makata. Pastor Benny, I don't know how to say it in English. They makata themselves. <laughs> you know, people want to act like, what happened? They want to act like, how? They want to act like, why, is God, why doesn't God love me? And yet when you look at their actions, they were planting the wrong things. All of life, person, when you learn these principles, you learn that everything you do is planting. You have planted by being at the service today. I see your amen is gone. Can I orange? What did you say? You said it's lame. What did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you are planting by listening to the word. You are sowing your time. You are sowing into your life. You are receiving something that is going to benefit you and is going to give you good fruit tomorrow. So when people see your life changing, they will say, We're not nalelak. But there are other people who are sowing something else right now as I speak. They are in places where they shouldn't be. They are hanging around people they shouldn't be around. They are drinking what they shouldn't be drinking. Smoking what they should not be smoking. What are they doing? They are planting. All of life. You plant through relationships. Whatever relationships you have, that will be the outcome of your life. Somebody says, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you will become or who you are. Oh yeah. So this law is powerful. We plant by being obedient. And how I wish young people can understand that. When you young people rebel against your parents, you don't realize how much you're planting. Now the amens are subdued now. Now, you're not even saying amen, you know. You are not saying amen either, you know. <laughs> when you don't listen to your parents, you are planting. What does Ephesians chapter 6 says? Obey your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Oh yeah. 
I tell you what, we understand as we grow up that life doesn't just work out simply because you've dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. You can finish school, have education, have everything, and still be a dismal failure. We found that out. Well, now that you're quiet, I'm going to preach even more. Yeah, you can have all the right things in the right place, get your degree, get your doctorate, whatever, everything, and still be stuck. We found out that it's not just about dotting all the I's and crossing all the T. There is this thing that you are talking about, Murut. That, that when, when, when we, 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 there's that added dimension. There's something that comes on top, which is called the God factor. Ah, yeah. oh, come on now. Yeah. So when you obey, when you listen to your parents, you are sowing the reality of God's presence, blessing your efforts. We know that after you've done all the work, it doesn't mean things will work. There has to be some added something. That's why before the polo sobers on, neleta maya lilo kwefula something, buangneti no kwefula something, ubega lapa kamata salilimi. Hey, hey, don't give me that look. You go somewhere, low panda something. Because we all know that we need a little bit of supernatural intervention. That life doesn't just work. How long can I say that you can't do something with the Come on now, somebody, tell the truth now. Yeah, we, we know that, that there, there has to be an extra something that we have. Yeah. So, Mruti Siya, when he was talking about that added thing during the prayer, we know there's an added dimension. And that added dimension, it is these unseen laws that we operate all the time. All right, now that you are quiet on me, Let's talk about these laws. We won't cover all of them. But the law of sowing and reaping, there's seven, six laws that have to do with the law of sowing and reaping. I'll only cover a few. Law number one, we reap only what has been sown. We reap only what has been sown. What does it mean? You can't sow one thing and reap another. Life is filled with choices. Choices that affect us on an everyday basis and in everything we do. Which means our everyday choices are not without significance. So every day, when you make choices, you are sowing for your life. Our choices, Bazalana, affect us and affect others in a dramatic way, whether we see it immediately or not. A continual Behavior of making wrong choices locks you into a cycle whereby you get into this vicious cycle of bad things and you're not coming out of it. And it's sad, you know, you think about it. You know, people use the wrong words, they drink the wrong things, they have the wrong company, they don't read the Bible, they don't pray, they don't love God, they cheat, they, they do all kinds of things. It doesn't matter whether it's in lifestyle, choices, drinking, smoking, relationships, praying, spiritually, everything about them. Just wrong choices everywhere. Day in and day out. Day in and day out. They cheat on their partners. They lie. They steal at work. You know? Oh. They, they sell, they buy things the back door. I mean, I mean, it's just every decision they make. They don't tithe. 
They don't go to church. They live wrong. Banalama kopen. Everything abon. Banwa batuba. Everything. Oh, basaloan. Oh, basaloan. It's a continual life of sowing wrong, sowing wrong, sowing wrong. This side, Guru, there's not even one thing in their life where they're sowing the right thing. And then when things are bad, they want to come here and ask to lay hands and, and just erase every... Oh! But that verse tells us, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will not cease. Yeah. Thank you, my brother, for that amen. At least one psalm. <laughs> Ephesians 5.15 therefore says, Be careful then how you live. Do not live like those who are not wise, but live wisely. Use every chance you have for doing good. Do good. Every chance you have, do good. Hey, sir, I, I, I think the seven o'clock people were more anointed than you. Can I say it again? Every chance you have, do good. Yes. It says, why must we do good? It says, because these are evil times. If you go with the spirit of the age, you are not going to want to do good. If you allow yourself to be influenced by people of this world, you can do what they do if you want to. But Paul says, do good. Last part, he says, do not be foolish, but learn what the Lord wants to do. So we need wisdom, Bazalana. To, to be in the resolve to live this kind of life. Because it's not easy to live like this among a people who are not following in that example. It's difficult when you're among people who are not faithful to their wives. And when you are faithful to your wife, they think you are a fool. And when you meet them, all they talk about is the latest one they were cheating with. You have to make up your mind that if that's what they do, they are sowing seed for their life. As for me, I understand seed time and harvest. I was telling them in the first service, it's, it's sad for me when I go to some funerals that I've been to, when, you know, you, you bury in this, this man and, and there's, there are many children there that he had with many different women and he never told anybody about anybody. And the children meet there for the first time. The first time they, they are there. The father was in serious seed time and harvest. I mean, the man went sowing his wild oats everywhere. And when you look at it, you see the effects on the children. The bitterness. Yeah. Because see, with seed time and harvest, not only does it affect you, it affects the coming generations. Make the right choices. Make the right choices. David says this in Psalms 90 verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. In the contemporary English version it says, teach us to use wisely all the time we have. Therefore, to live as a wise person means to be conscious and intentional about sowing the right seeds in your life every day. Oh, was alone. Every day, every moment. Why? Because, see, there are times when one foolish moment of foolishness 
You can sow seeds that will, turn, that will change the rest of your life, I tell you. One foolish day, one unguarded moment of foolishness, of sowing the wrong seed, can alter the destiny of your life forever. Yeah. So sow the right things. Live wisely. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, God says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've sent before you life and death, blessing and cursing. God says, therefore, choose life. Look at the neighbor, say, neighbor, choose life. Even if you're not saying amen, choose life. Choose life, note, so that you and your children may live. Oh. Basalana, the decisions we make not only affect us, but our children. Think about a father smoking in the car with a baby of a few months old baby at the back, strapped to a car seat. So this child, even if they are not smoking, they inhale, they passively, they're smoking. Hmm? So this child, not by their choice, but by their choice of an unwise parent. Think about the fetal alcohol syndrome. When mothers drink themselves into a stupor while they're pregnant. That child doesn't make the decision to be an alcoholic. Someone is choosing for them. I think it's selfish to do that. So when this child is born, already they're an alcoholic. They need alcohol to, to stay normal. I saw it when we grew up. There were people who used to drink and then when the children, when the children are, you know, sort of, you know, children can sometimes be, you know, uncomfortable. They're crying. They say, well, no, I'll sort them out. And they give them alcohol. Yes, I've seen it. No, I've seen it. And the child come out for two days. <laughs> and when they wake up on the third day, you can even hear the weather crying. Stamatama eh? crying. <laughs> Isn't it said that that child threw the wrong seeds of the parent? Think about a father who teaches his sons to be disloyal and unfaithful to their mother by cheating. Men who take their boys and introduce them to illicit sex. Yeah. And go with them to wild parties. What a disgrace of a father you are. These children grow up already in an environment. I was watching one program the other day. Yeah, District 6. And they were, it's, it's, a, it's a public thing, so please nobody must say things to me. <laughs> it's in the public space. What I'm saying, it was a public program. So don't write me emails and, and don't tweet about it, you. You know, because I'm, I'm just, it's in the public space, so please don't. But they were, they were talking about the life of Rashid Stahi. 
The guy who was, who was, a, who was a drug lord and a very violent man. There's children now, boys now, who want to be like him. Their goal is to be drug lords. Little kids. 12-year-olds. I want 12-year-olds to want to be preachers. I want 12-year-olds to want to be faithful to their wives when they get married one day. When I saw that, man, I thought, may God help us to have positive modeling. May God help us. At least when they see you living in the way you live, then they find out what, what you got. It wasn't through crime. You didn't have to peddle drugs. You didn't have to commit crime to drive the car that you're driving. You didn't have to steal somebody's wife to have the beautiful wife that you have. You didn't have to do that. Oh, come on now. I'm preaching now. Now that we come from Valentine's Day, you didn't have to steal somebody's Valentine. Come on, somebody shout in the house. You didn't have to steal somebody's Valentine. My goodness, that's why I love the atmosphere of the church. That's why I thank God for the privilege for us to do what we're doing. May we inspire something different in the hearts of our children and in the hearts of our young people. Come on, can I hear a shout and an amen? That's why anytime, anytime these children come, anytime these young people come, I will always have time with them. I will always talk to them. I love it when the little ones run up to me. It doesn't matter what I'm wearing. Bishop! And they jump in my lap. I love it. I want them to have a positive idea about God. I want them to love the things of God. I want them to see that God is cool. That God is good. I want them to know that they don't have to resort to certain ways of living. They can still be holy and still love God with all their heart and still be visionary and still be educated and still come on now and be spiritual. They can still be rich and still love God. They, they don't have to resort to drugs, selling drugs. Can I hear an amen in the house? Number two. The second law is we reap the same in kind as we sow. In other words, you can't plant oranges and reap guavas. That's important. Think about that. Note what God says in Genesis 1.11. God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. Somebody say after his kind. After his say it again. Say it again. This expression after his kind is a principle that holds true in the biological and zoological world. We know that. Cats give birth to cats. Dolls give birth to cats. Unless human beings start interfering with gen genetic genetic alterations. But, by, by, but usually peaches, for lack of a better term, give birth to peaches. You give birth after your kind. Adam was created in the image of God. Therefore, he would produce people in the image of God. Jesus says in John 3, 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. So in other words, you know, flesh can't give birth to spirit. In the same way, he says that which is born of the spirit is spirit. 
When we apply this law, it's important for us, therefore, listen to this important, to choose the correct seed. Now watch. God's word, we are told in Mark chapter 4 that God's word is seed. Please listen carefully. Peter says, we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed of the word of God, listen to this, that lives and abides forever. Therefore, not only is God's word seed, but God's word is incorruptible seed. Yeah. Are you there, Bazalan? Yeah. Are you there, Bazalan? Yeah. And in Galatians 6, 7, Paul says, Whatsoever a man soweth, that, that shall he reap. So whatsoever is a law that is all-inclusive, it means anything you sow. Now listen to this. If God's word is a seed, or likened to a seed. It means, therefore, we can go into the word of God and choose the seed appropriate for whatever area in our life where we have a need in. And we can intentionally plant that seed in our lives. And because for as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, then in that area in our life, we can start seeing fruit that are different. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. In the word of God, there are seeds of healing. There's healing seeds. So if you are somebody who's sick and you are not walking in divine healing, go into God's word and look for all those scriptures that talk about healing. Read them, plant them as seeds in your life. Look after them because those scriptures in due season are going to germinate and they're going to produce healing. Oh, am I, am I, am I, am I talking to people? If you, if you are walking in, in financial problems and, and you, have, you have financial issues, you, you can go into God's word and read what God says about finances, about how to handle your resources and you can, you can plant those seeds in your life. Can I hear an amen? In a, if you want to walk in a stronger anointing in your life, you can go into the word of God and, and read verses that talk about the anointing and you can plant the seeds of the anointing and you can see the anointing begin to grow in your life. Am I, am I talking to people in the house? I've never understood it when I go and pray for people sometimes and find somebody is sick, sometimes terminally ill and, 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 and when you ask them, what have you done? They, did you pray? They say, I prayed. And I say, what else are you doing? Nothing. He said, they're lying there watching television. And I said, but you need healing. Why? Why don't you plant seeds of healing? Instead of lying there, why don't you read healing scriptures, listen to sermons that have to do with healing? Am I, am I talking to people here? Why don't you, why don't you plant those seeds? Because here's, here's what I like. The nice thing about laws is that when you apply them, they initiate what was not there. Should I say that again? Should I say that again? Let me have my plane back. Let me have my plane back. When you apply the law, it initiates what was not there. This plane, before it was airborne like this, it was on the tarmac. It wasn't going anywhere. But when you started applying the law, it moved that plane from where it was to where it should be. Some of you, you want your life to move forward. Mara, it's not reflected in how you read God's word. 
You want to be financially free, but when you work, you don't tithe. Look at your neighbor who didn't clap and say, you must start clapping now. Just tell them, you must start clapping now. Tell them, you must start clapping now. This year, Barcelona, definitely, I'm going to teach about financial well-being. It won't be long. Because one of the things I've realized is there's a lot of principles in the Bible we don't... One of the principles in the Bible is the Bible teaches you to live within your means. Yeah. One of the principles in the Bible we learn is learning not to be someone who okadimanchelete too much. You don't borrow. Now, now, you can use credit for your advantage to get yourself started. Right? But if you borrow beyond what you are able to repay, then it's a problem. There's so many laws. But people, people violate those laws. So what happens? There are people who are always in constant financial problems, even if what they're earning should be sufficient. You know, it's one thing if what you're earning is, is below, but I've even found out, Bazalan, I've even found out, if you learn to, how to handle properly even the little that you're earning, you, 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 you initiate laws that will move you further. Yeah. Because I'm realizing that if you don't learn to apply these laws, you'll never be airborne. I was sharing in the first service, you know, I was so happy during the week when we were sitting down with the bishop's council and we were discussing, because, you know, we, we try to invest our money in, in proper investments, eh? not, not speculative. And, and our, our goal, because we have so many buildings to build, and, and if I may announce, ne? this one you can announce it anywhere. Uh, you, can, you can put it on tweets, it's fine. But if any of you is a billionaire, I want to talk to you after the service. Please. We need a lot of money to build. You know, we have five buildings that we must build this year. Five. Minimum five. And many sites that we must. So if you're a billionaire who has a generous heart, I want you to volunteer your money for us to be able to, to buy, to buy, please. Yeah. So this is what we're talking about. So we are investing our money. We are making our money work for us. The tithes and the offerings that you give, we're making it work for us. So we invest this money and we have a way. I won't go into the details. But on Thursday, our discussion, what we want to invest such that every month there's, there's some amount that, that comes into maturity and we can take, we can take the profit and use it. So we, we, want to, we, we, are, we, are, we are applying a law of sowing so, so we are sowing constantly in a calculative, staggered manner. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying, right? So that when we sow one, we are reaping the other. Now, how many of you have ever driven down to Mpumalanga and as you're going towards Mpumalanga, there's that area that has uh, these blue gum trees. You know that area, blue gum trees? You know, they use them for paper. You know? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Sodwana. Kodwana. Is that the name of the area? Oh, the, or Sapi, yeah, where Sapi is, yeah. Now, I don't know how many of you have realized, if you look carefully onto those farms, you'll see that there's one section that has been harvested. No trees. And the other section, there are trees, but when you look at them, they're still small. 
So those farmers, that's what they did. They planted trees in a staggered way. So that when these ones are, are, are ready for harvesting, others are still small, others are in the middle. So to get that momentum, it takes a number of years. But the minute you get that momentum, yeah. I'm, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just talking about Sapi, I'm, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. Think about it when you get to that place in your life where you have staggered your seed, your seed time and harvest. You have planted words, you have planted offering, you have planted prayers, you have planted good choices, you have planted good decisions, you have planted healing scriptures, you have planted financial scriptures, you have planted the word, you have planted intercession, you have planted the anointing, you have planted so that you get to a point where every month there's a reward that you are getting in this area and that area. And that area, and that area. Can I hear a shout of the song? But you see, the principle was there all along. But it only works when you work it. So here's the good news as I close. It means if you are experiencing a bad harvest, Don't be discouraged. It means you can choose to plant a different kind of seed. The seed that lives and abides forever. It doesn't rot. It's a seed above all seeds. You can choose to take God's word and plant God's word in that area of your life. And if you keep planting that word and you keep watering that word, one day is one day. For as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will always be there. It means you can start good planting good seeds for your family, for your finances, for your career. You can start planting Obazalana for your spiritual love. You, you can start planting seeds. You, you must just get into that mode. And the good thing I like is that when you start planting those seeds, there comes a time when you harvest. I wasn't able to go to that point, but the next point was going to be we don't reap in the same season as we plant. So when you've planted the seed, don't just stay there for two days and say, it's not working. When we were at higher primary school, we did that experiment of planting a bean in a, you remember? That container, uh, peanut butter bottle or whatever. So you, you kind of plant it in the soil there, but you plant it such that you can see, you can see it through the glass. I don't know how many of you remember. After you've planted that seed, they would tell you, the teacher would tell you, water it every day. Are you there, Mazar? Eh? Water it. And as you watered it, you'd look at, you know, as a child, now you plant it, you look at it. You are expecting it to have changed, and there's nothing. One week, nothing. Every day you are watering, but no evidence. Come on now. After 14 days, only then the, the main root, they call it the tap root. The tap root comes out of the bean. After two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks of watering. Two weeks of taking care of your seed. 
Now, the, the only thing that encourages you is because you can see it. If you had planted it in the soil, it means for two weeks you'd come there and look. And the devil would say, it's not working. Like the devil told some of you that it's not working what you're doing. So you look. And then, what would happen? After another two weeks, which is like a month, only then does what? The, the, does that the, 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 the leaf come out of the ground? After one month. Watch. Watch. The seed <laughs> is divinely pre-programmed by God. That when you put it in the right environment, it releases the life locked up on the inside of it. Ah. The seed can remain on the shelf for hundreds of years if you would. And never release anything on the inside of it. Never bring something new to being. The seed is waiting for somebody to take it and put it in the right environment. Put it in the soil. Water it. And don't be weary in watering. Don't get tired in putting water and putting fertilizer for in due season. The same applies to the seed of God's word. When you have applied God's word, don't let the devil lie to you and tell you it's not working. You can't see it. It's underneath the soil of your heart. But let me tell you, keep watering it by prayer. Keep watering it by reading God's word. Keep watering it through confession. Keep watering it by staying in the godly environment. And I'm here to tell you in due season. That's why when you start in these things, it takes a while to see results. But some of you have allowed the devil to lie to you. You give tithe only once. And then the windows don't open. And the devil says, gee, tithing doesn't work. Instead, you are short of 10%. Think about what you could have done at the Black Friday. So what do you do? You stop. No, you don't stop. You tithe, you keep tithing, keep tithing, and watering the seed by speaking God's word over it. Oh, am I talking to people who are here? And again and again. And one day you see a small window opening. And remember, when the window opens, let me have my plane again. When, when you start flying, when you start flying, don't switch the engines off. When you see a small anyana window opening, don't stop tithing. Because by stopping to doing what is good, you are switching the engines off. When you switch the engines off, the law of the spirit of death and brings you down. Then you say, ah, tithing doesn't work. It does work. What about the law of sowing love? Sow love, sow love. Even if they hate you, sow love. Ah, you're not hearing enough. Sow kindness. So patience. Yeah, so that. What about the law of sowing discipline? You know, discipline is a law. Get disciplined. Go to church. Be faithful. Pray every day. Read the Bible every day. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Even if on days when you read the Bible, you are really in the Word. You know, you, 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 you're in the Word, but in the Word. You know, you know, you know. 
But just wake up with selagamenti and just read some more. Read some more. You know, I was, I was thinking about it the other day and I, and I realized, as I started on this discipline years ago, all of a sudden one day it was like the Bible is a new thing to me. All of a sudden there's an understanding I had. It's like prayer, you know. One day out to her, there's a certain anointing you carry in your life that you've never carried before. The decision is, you sow the right seeds. And as I close, you can sow the right seeds, some of you, today by inviting Jesus Christ into your life to be the Savior and the Lord of your life. You can start sowing the right seeds today by inviting Christ as Savior and Lord. Wherever you are, wherever you are seated, in the foyer, outside in the dome, in the main auditorium, wherever you are seated, you can sow the right seeds today by inviting Jesus Christ into your heart to be the Savior and the Lord of your life. And when you take that first step, Jesus will come into your life and will change your life. Would you bow your heads with me, please, everybody? Our heads bowed and our eyes closed, please. Nobody moving around, please. Except the ushers who are helping us. You are here today, you've been invited. You've come on your own or maybe we have people who are streaming from other parts of the world. We know sometimes we're joined by people from around the world. If you know that Jesus is not the Lord of your life yet, He's not the Savior of your life. You're not born again. You're not a child of God. You realize today, laws work when you work them. Your life's not going to change by you just coming to church. It's a good thing. It's a first step. But what you must do, according to Jesus, you need to receive Him. As many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. That's what John chapter 1 says. Jesus said you must be born again. It's a step that you must take. You must say I want to invite Christ into my life. To come into my life. To be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Our heads bowed. Our eyes closed. If you say please pray for me. My life is not right before God. I want to invite Jesus into my life. To come into my heart. And make me a child of God. Would you raise your hand please. Right where you are. I want to pray for you. Just raise it high. Let me see it. Thank you for those hands. Raise it high. Keep it raised. Keep it raised. Keep it raised. Keep the hands raised. Keep the hands raised. All over the place. Thank you so much. May I ask the people who raise their hands. Would you please just stand on your feet please. Go ahead. Stand on your feet. All over the place. In the dome outside. In the foyer. That's right. Let them stand on their feet. Stand. You can put your hands down. Just stand on your feet. And Basalana, whilst we're on it, whilst we're on it, I really want to challenge you to bring more people who are new. Come with people, live at Sereso, and bring them. I want to pray for all of you. Today is one of those life-changing days. Your life is not going to be the same again after we've prayed this prayer. I want to invite you from where you are standing, please. If you could take all your belongings, don't leave any of your belongings behind. And just come stand here in the front so that we can pray together. Come and stand here facing the stage, please. Give them a big hand, please.